Good morning, and peace be with you. We have some brief announcements here. Um, first of all, uh, Diane Zinn, who was scheduled to be our organist this morning, uh, is not feeling well. So she thought it was uh, better uh, to be cautious, and so she will not be here this week, but she will be here next week to play uh, uh, with us and for us. And so uh, just that moment. I want to direct... Uh, your attention to the altar flowers, which were given by uh, Laura Farian, and this is in gratefulness for the care and love of family and friends. So they're beautiful. And so uh, also uh, the missions this uh, month, this will be the last Sunday for that, but I, I think we still can donate to it. It's to the Lutheran Congregations in Mission for Christ. Now, what is that? Well, back in 2001, the, a group of pastors formed the LCMC in response to um, the ELCA's liberal interpretation of Scripture and um, the departure from the inerrancy of Scripture. And so they started this group. It is um, an autonomous group of churches rather than a denomination. It retains its Lutheranism, but rather than have a central uh, governing, like a bishop or uh, a group that, you know, we, that the individual churches must go through on all things, the church, the church is, this church under the LCMC is self-governing. And so this church makes the decisions on calls for pastor. This church makes a decision on how they send their funds. They are not obligated to send anything to the LCMC or anything to anybody. Now, who holds you accountable? Well, who holds me accountable? You do. And that's the way that this works. Now, um, the LCMC uh, is the organization that uh, uh, allowed me to be ordained. They recognized me as an ordained servant of Christ, capable and qualified to come to your church to do a, a qualified call, which you made. So um, that's who they are. That's who they are to me. Who they are to this church is in 2011, when this church left the ELCA, they warmly embraced this church and said, come on in. And this church has benefited from their affiliation. One way is through using their uh, 501c3 under the umbrella of a nonprofit. So this church was allowed to just come alongside and, um, and, and join in with that. So that is a good thing. Okay, probably more than you ever wanted to know about the uh, LCMC, but that is who is going to get uh, whatever comes in uh, for our, our offerings. Uh, we are looking for bakers uh, for the RLC Christmas event, December 10th. Anyone interested in baking cookies, please contact Debbie Bice. So that would be wonderful. Uh, Advent, lunch, and study. Um, we finished up Ruth and Esther, and so this Tuesday, we start our Lent uh, devotions and study. That is over in the social hall at noon, starting the 29th. 
and we have a Christmas concert. I'm sure that you've heard about it, but mark your calendars. That'll be a, a nice uh, time. Uh, we have a cookie reception at 2.30, and then we will have a concert at 3.30, and it should be done by 4.30, and we can get home before it gets dark. So that's a good thing. And uh, Christmas Eve service, um, again, uh, wanting to make sure that everybody can get here and get back home before dark. Our Christmas Eve uh, service starts at 3 p.m. on December the 24th. And I think that's all the news that's fit to tell. Tim, will you carry us away? In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ, I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in heaven, this gift of Scorned by the ones he came to save Till on that cross as Jesus died The wrath of God was satisfied For every sin on him was laid Death of Christ, I live. There in the ground, his body lay. Light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day. Till I
fearing death This is the power of Christ in me From life's first cry to final breath Jesus commands my destiny No power of hell, no scheme of man Can ever block me from his hand Hand. Till he returns or calls me home Here in the power of Will you please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, 
have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are His. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come, that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins and saved by your mighty deliverance. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, a turkey day, and had a lot of fun with friends and family. I know we did, so. The uh, first reading this morning is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. This can be found on page 1062 in the Pew Bible. And Isaiah, of course, he was probably the first and arguably the best of the prophets that came along. So uh, he's got a lot to say. Uh, verse 2, 1 through 5, chapter 2, 1 through 5. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, said 
concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, as the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains, it will be exalted above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Then we'll read Psalm 122 consecutively. I will rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem is built like a city that is compacted together, closely compacted together. There stand the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my people and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. The next reading is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. This can be found on page 1062 in the Pew Bible. Romans 13, 8 through 14. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy, Rather, clothe, yourself, clothe yourselves in the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hallelujah. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is from Matthew, the 21st chapter, verses 1 through 11, and can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1531. Matthew records, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. On this first Sunday in Advent, I want to start off on a rabbit trail. How unusual. But though I did not experience this as a child, my parents would tell me about a time when doctors made house calls. House calls are very, very rare now. Um, someone figured out that a doctor can see many more patients by staying in one place and having patients, rather than having, well, having patients come to him. And then the doctor's office can also house a great deal of medical equipment that could be and would be difficult, if not impossible, to haul from house to house. 
So these days we go to the doctor. He does not normally come to us. And that's the way it is with many people. We go to see them. We, well, they rarely come to see us. For example, we go to work. Work very rarely comes to us. We go to the lawyer. The lawyer rarely comes to us. We go to the banker. The banker rarely comes to us. And when the candidate wants our vote, well, he comes to us. But after the election, we go to him. And when a child really misbehaves in school, it's a trip to the principal's office. The principal doesn't normally come to the student's locker. It is the way of the world for the inferior to come to the superior, for the small to come to the great, for the subjects to come to the king. So right here at the beginning of the church year, we find out that the true God is different. He, the most superior being in this or any other universe, comes to us. In the spiritual world of the true God, the great comes to the small. The king comes to his subjects. And today's gospel finds God astride a donkey's colt. The king humbles himself to come to his subjects. He, he is humble. It's a humble situation. But it is also a situation of prophecy. We read that prophecy from Zechariah 9 where it says, Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus, the king of everything, comes to Jerusalem, riding in humility on a borrowed donkey. And as the true unity of God and man came to Jerusalem on a donkey, the Passover pilgrims, they praised him. They said, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now, we do not know all the different reasons that these Passover pilgrims had for praising Jesus as the one who comes to save. Neither the Bible nor historical records tells us of their motives. No doubt that some expected Jesus to come and to start a grassroots movement to remove Roman tyranny from the city. And others perhaps, had recently seen Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha. They saw him walk forth from the tomb four days after he had died. 
Perhaps they expected the Messiah to come and start a medical revolution. Still others were from Galilee, and they expected Jesus to come and and to be a great prophet and perhaps make Nazareth a respectable town once again. Few, if any of these pilgrims, expected Jesus to come and do what he actually did. Few, if any, on that road to Jerusalem expected their Messiah to be the victim of a false arrest, kangaroo courts, and a death based on political expediency instead of justice. Victory by death was the last, the last thing that most, if not all, of these Passover pilgrims expected. Now, during Advent, we especially think about how Jesus comes, how he once came, and and how he comes now, and how he will come on the last day. During the season of Advent, during the season when we prepare for Jesus to come, what do we expect him to come and do? Are we looking for someone to cure the ills of society? Are we looking for someone to make us healthy, wealthy, and wise? Are we looking for someone who will make us into a better us? What are we looking for when the Messiah comes? Now, one only need to look uh, to TV or to bookstores or the internet, for the things that the world wants Christ to come and do. There are books with titles such as Seven Keys to Improving Your Life Every Day, or Lead Like Jesus, or King Solomon's Secrets to Success, Wealth, and Happiness. And the list goes on and on. There are speakers on TV that tell us that Jesus wants to come and make us rich and happy and healthy in this life. Jesus is very popular in this world when he comes and provides all kinds of personal health and, well, financial benefits. This world cheers the Jesus who can come and solve all sorts of marriage problems and give emotional stability. The world would be more than happy to have a parade for that kind of Jesus. The problem is, well, the problem is is that nobody told the Jesus of the Bible that that's what he was supposed to do. The Jesus of the Bible, he kept saying things like this. In John 16, 24, in the world you will have tribulation. In John 12, 25, whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever 
hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Well, there's more. Luke 14, 27, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. John 15, 18, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. John 15, 18, if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Jesus comes for a different reason than the world expects. That's Jesus calling right there. The Passover pilgrims, the Passover pilgrims hailed Jesus as Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. And when they proclaimed Jesus as the Messiah, they proclaimed him as the one anointed to be our prophet, our prophet, our priest, and our king. Little did they know that their Messiah's throne would be a cross. And in the cross, Jesus comes as the son of David, and he reveals the name of the Lord. Not in heaven, but in the confinement of the cross do we find the highest heavens in which we sing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. It is in the cross that we find the truest revelation of God and the reason that he came. The world still wants to divert us from the true meaning of the coming of the Messiah. Marketing has come into Christmas. Many merchants hope Jesus comes and transforms their bottom line from the red of loss to the black of profit. Marketing is not interested in the Jesus who came and died on the cross. The world's celebration of Christmas does us absolutely no favors. It separates Lent and the account of Jesus' suffering from the story of his birth. There is no resemblance between the infant Jesus in the manger and the Jesus of the cross. The Jesus of Calvary bears no resemblance to the child of Bethlehem. The world loves to disconnect the baby Jesus in the manger from the Jesus, the God-man who died on the cross. The world would have us believe that God came to the manger just because humanity is basically nice and kind. That's what they would have us do, that we're lovable. Clearly we're not. And let us be clear that our celebration of the Lord's coming has nothing to do with what the world does. The world overcomes its darkness with artificial lights and sings, may all your Christmases be bright. We are those sitting in the darkness of sin and the shadow of death whose only hope, whose only hope is in the light that God provides in Jesus Christ. We are waiting in the darkest night of sin for the dawn of our salvation in Jesus Christ. 
We are the ones who want God to come and rescue us from our sin. We are the ones who pray, stir up your power, O Lord, and come, that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins and saved by your mighty deliverance. We are the ones who sing, Savior of the nations, come. And every year, pilgrims journey to Jerusalem, and they try to recreate the events of today's gospel. And of course, many of the details are lost in history and cannot be reconstructed. Jesus does not come as he once did, but now comes in other ways. He comes in his body. He comes in his blood. He comes as the son of David and the son of God, as God and man, as our creator, and yet our brother, as our servant, and also as our king. He comes in the bread and the wine of the sacrament. He comes among us in our space and time. And as he comes to us in bread and wine, we join the Passover pilgrims and sing, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And in that mystical moment, God joins us with the hosts of heaven as we participate in this heavenly meal that comes to us here on earth. Advent's not Christmas. During Advent, we remember the many ways that God comes to us. We remember how he came in the flesh. We remember how he comes in word and sacrament. We remember how he will come in glory. Of all the ways that God comes to us, only the last one remains to be fulfilled. And God prepares us for his last coming by giving us faith that believes that that little baby laying in the manger really is the Son of God. That he is the true master of the universe taking on human nature. That the pain and the suffering of birth is barely the beginning of the coming that leads to the pain and the suffering of the cross. That his resurrection from the dead opens up the way to salvation for us all. And that when he comes, that one last time, we shall depart this world of sorrows. And we will. We will live with him in joy forevermore. Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. Amen. In the name of Jesus.
great high priest whose name is love Whoever lives and pleads for me My name is graven on his heart My name is written on his heart I know that world in heaven he stands No tongue can bid me this depart No tongue can bid me when Satan tempts me to despair And tells me of my guilt within Upward I look and see him there Who made an end to all my sin Because a sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free, for God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me, to look on him and pardon me. Behold him Righteousness, the great unchangeable I am, the King of glory and of grace. One with himself, I cannot die. My soul is purchased by his blood. My life is hid with Christ on night. Christ my Savior and my God With Christ my Savior and my God Before the throne of God above I have a strong Perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. Will you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Nicene Creed found on page three of your bulletin. I believe in God, in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, Light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven. And by the power of the Holy Spirit he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary.
and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for all people in accordance to their needs. Stir up your power, O Lord, to rescue us from the dangers of this dark world by the advent of your Son, that we may ever walk in his light and learn the way of peace. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, though we do not know the day or hour of your Son's appearing, grant that we would always be prepared by sending us faithful pastors and teachers who will boldly proclaim your word of law and gospel to us, that we may be constantly encouraged and built up in the faith. Lord, in your mercy, O God of Jacob, you have established your kingdom as a beacon to call all nations unto yourself. Teach us to walk in the light of your peace, Lord, in your mercy. O Lord of love, visit our homes and defend us from the temptation to walk in the works of darkness, that husbands and wives may love one another and raise their children in the faith. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty Lord, you are the authority to whom all temporal authorities must bow. Give wisdom and godly insight to our president, our governor, and all who make, administer, or judge our laws. Grant peace among the nations that swords may be beaten to plowshares and spears to pruning hooks. Lord, in your mercy... Compassionate Lord, look with mercy upon the sick and visit them during these Advent days to comfort them with your saving gospel. If it be your will, grant us healing and peace to those that we have in our hearts quietly or those whose names we speak out loud right now. For whom, all whom we pray, Lord, in your mercy. And draw us unto yourself, O Lord. 
gather around the holy body and precious blood of your Son in the sacrament of the altar. Sustain us in saving faith that we may eat and drink for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, in your mercy, O loving Father, you alone know the day and the hour when our Lord Jesus Christ will come again in glory. Keep us steadfast in the one true faith that we may ever be ready for his reappearing through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and ever-living God. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer, through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes again to judge the world in righteousness. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks. Then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. I see some new faces here this morning, and this table has been prepared for all who proclaim Christ as Lord and Savior. And if that's your confession, and I heard you say it, then come, the table is prepared. The ushers will bring you forward.
Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen? Amen. Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. to do here before you